Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given to us, that we could come once again, Lord, in the middle of a work week, uh, to come and study and meditate upon your word. Lord, uh, your word says the entrance of your word gives light, therefore unfold us to us, your scriptures, so that, Lord, we can, Lord, uh, strengthen ourselves in our spirit, man, and, Lord, uh, that you would wash us and sanctify us, O oh Lord, by the washing of the water by the word, so that we can be prepared as a bride, even for the for your coming, O oh Lord. Uh, enable us never to take any of these meetings for granted, oh, but Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will take truly earnest heed to the things that we have already heard, lest we drift, O oh Father. Therefore, this morning, I pray that you would speak to us, anoint us afresh, let your anointing increase, let faith, faith be strengthened, and Lord, strengthen us in our inner man so that we can Father, live for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, this morning we'll uh, <coughs> look at uh, a very important um, um, subject. Not able to. Since snares, <laughs> we have finally <laughs> arrived <laughs> at the word. So, today we'll talk about being anchored. Okay, we'll just look at one topic uh, to be anchored. <coughs> Let's read from Matthew chapter 24. A few verses. And because a lawlessness will abound, uh, we're looking at preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord. Because lawlessness or iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And we know that to wax cold is to uh, reduce your temperature by degrees. Initially, even if there's a one degree variation, you would not know the temperature difference. But you don't have to be completely cold. You just have to be lukewarm and you'll, and you'll be automatically be spewn out of God's mouth. Okay, so <laughs> the danger is that uh, by, the, by the time that you're in the middle, <laughs> uh, you're out, essentially. So be, be very careful um, as to not to, uh, not to take the verses that we uh, look at in Matthew chapter 24, especially verse 12. It says, not the love of a few, love of many will grow cold. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, <clears throat> it says from verse 37 onwards, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. Verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, what happens? My soul will not have any pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And, and we know that, especially the book of Hebrews, will talk about being saved to the uttermost. And he says, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified by one sacrifice. So this is a continuous process and we never ever um, uh, spiritually lag, right? We, we ask God to constantly be consistent uh, in our walk with him. Hebrews chapter 10, again, verse 23. Uh, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And verse 24, let us not consider one another in order to stir up to love and good works, because the love of many will grow cold. So what should we do? Constantly fan ourselves and stir ourselves up so that we love God and we love others. And we do the works that God has ordained for us with zeal. Zealous for good works, it says in uh, Titus chapter 2. That we should be zealous for God and be zealous for good works. Therefore, we constantly keep uh, 
keep uh, stirring us up. And how do we do that? In verse 25 will say that. will tell us, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now this is important. It is just not listening to sermons online. It is assembling. It's very clear. It is the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, um, just a few nights back, um, I slept in a very awkward position. And you know what happens, right? Sometimes when you sleep in an awkward position, the blood circulation stops in uh, in your uh, one of your limbs or whatever, what have you. So I, after a while, I slept for quite some time. I didn't realize I was in deep sleep. And then I, uh, in the night, I couldn't feel my hand. <laughs> okay, I immediately got up. And I shook my wife and I said, I don't know what happened to my hand. <laughs> I couldn't feel it. It's completely stopped. It was terribly bad. I think I would have possibly slept in that position for almost an hour. And the blood circulation completely stopped and I just couldn't feel any of this part. Okay. And I was, uh, I was really scared because we was, I was in deep sleep. Now, if I'm awake, I'm, I should, I would have, I would have thought, okay, it's take it easy. It's just give it some time and it'll be okay. Why did it stop? Why did I not feel? Because there was, for a, for a short period of time, there was death in this limb. Why? Because life was not flowing. Okay. And who realized it? The head realized it. The, the limb doesn't know. He has no clue that it has been separated from the life of, of God. You see? And that's exactly what happens to many believers. You know what happens? They forsake the assembly of the saints. And it is in the assembly of the saints and it is in the community of saints together that we understand the length and the breadth and the width of the love of God. And it is in the assembly of saints that we are joined to the head. But if that is not happening, because we are, we are compared to a body, we are organic, we are not, we are, we are organic, we are not an institution, we are not an organization, we are an organism. And therefore, if the life stops, the hook actually shouts is the head and says, you know what, I can't feel my limb. That's exactly what happened to the prodigal son. He was dead in as far as uh, the father is concerned because the life of God is not flowing. He is out of the assembly of saints. You see, this is uh, really, really important. The problem is, in those days, because the church was only one body, I mean, for example, there were very few churches, established churches, not like unlike, unlike today, uh, where you can hop from one church to the other. But it is in the assembly of chains, in, it is in the body of Christ that you should that you should, that you, that you stir yourselves up. How do you stir yourselves up? Not forsaking the assembling of the, of together, um, together as, in, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So this is the reason why we do it. And what is the reason? I mean, the, the question therefore is, why should I be instructed constantly? The question that you need to ask all is, why should, what is the reason? Why does God say that you have to come under instruction and in the assembly of saints particularly as often as possible? Why does he say that? Why does he emphasize on the assembling of the saints? Very powerful proverb. Proverb chapter 19 verse 27. You'll see, um, I'll show you in different translations to get a uh, a good rendering of uh, this particular verse. This is in the NKJV. Look at what it says. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you, not may stray, you will stray from the words of knowledge. You cease to ins- listen to instruction, you will stray from the words of knowledge. Okay. 
This is not, this is the word of God, the word of God which is living. I'll give you another translation. This is the good news Bible. I also, I think it's, it's a good translation. My child, when you stop learning, you will soon neglect and forget what you already know. Ask anybody who's a practicing, uh, if you're a professional and if you're a practicing programmer, for example, you quit programming for an year, it's gone. You will forget what you already know and uh, you will find it so difficult to even click the mouse. You know that? Because you lost touch. Okay. My child, you stop learning, you will soon neglect and forget that things that you already know and look at this this is the septuagint translation which is even most more powerful and i believe uh, paul and uh, peter and all uh, learned from and they read the septuagint the greek translation of the new te- of the old covenant this is what it says in verse 27 of chapter 19 proverbs a son who ceases to attend to the instruction of a father will cherish evil designs you see what will happen three things will happen you will stray from the words of knowledge you will forget already things that you already know. Third thing, because you forget the things that you already know, it is no longer a vacuum which is available in your in your mind. What happens now? You begin to cherish. You know what cherishing means? Okay, you you enjoy, you savor. Now, what is evil design? Evil design could not necessarily mean doing something evil. We have all, like sheep, gone astray, and we have all turned to our each one to our own way. That is. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity. There, what is iniquity? Turning to our own ways is iniquity. That is evil. Wicked scheme. Evil design. What will we do? We will begin to cherish and multiply the thoughts of evil in our mind. You know why? Because we have strayed from instruction. We have not constantly stayed on an instruction. It's important for us to realize that. Therefore, he who continues to hear, it is not just hear, he who continues to believe. John, John 3.16 uh, God so loved the world that he gave his own son for whoever and actually the word is continues to believe in him shall have everlasting life. It is continue. It's a present continuous tense. Okay, Continue process. Continuous process. And you cease to attend to instruction of a father. What will happen? You will begin to cherish and you know what cherishing is, right? You're imagining certain things and you're cherishing those thoughts and uh, those thoughts are evil thoughts. Therefore, Hebrews this morning, uh, what was the title of today's teaching? To be anchored. And how do you stay anchored? In Hebrews chapter 12, two, he gives us a very important uh, a principle and uh, uh, and uh, we know this uh, very well, was was very well, but we'll look at it once again. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. This is the reason, that is the reason why we are constantly taught. Sometimes we might have heard the same thing in different contexts, in different ways. See, we we, we looked at um, doubting. Then I'm sorry, doubting. Yes, doubting which leads to unbelief, which leads to sin, which leads to separation, which leads to death, and which leads to destruction. Now, the the only place from which you can come back is from death. Now, where is the best, best place to deal with it? Which stage you should deal with it? The doubt stage. Don't even go to the next stage. 
You see, we can, we can, we can, we can, so when you look at the long rope, we say, okay, I have time till death. And the problem is we don't want to go there. Let us deal with it at the first stage itself and as we constantly keep hearing in our church, nip it in the bud. Hmm? Okay. And close the deal there itself. You see. Okay. We don't want to go to that, the other stage. Right. Look at some examples from this, from the scriptures as to, of, as to, as to how people who are extremely well learned drifted away. First Kings chapter 11. We know this verse very well of Solomon. No? But King Solomon loved many foreign women. As well as the daughter of Pharaoh. Kya baat hai? So he had a special heart for Pharaoh's daughter. The daughter of Satan himself. Literally, if you want to put it that way. And you know what it says? He put her in a separate place until he finished construction of his house. So that he, that he, would, that he could bring her to that house. He finished the house, temple of God in seven years, but Solomon built his own house for how many years? Thirteen years he built his own house. Seven years for the temple of God, because it was not his design. It was somebody else's design. He just had to implement it. Thirteen years for his own house. Construction project. And what did he do? See, the entire province of Israel was divided by Joshua into how many? Into? Twelve what? Tribes. You know what he divided the entire province of Israel into? Twelve tax provinces. That's what he did. Solomon. He taxed the people left, right and center. And so what did he do? But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh. Women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, Hittites. There was all women there. And then you look at what it says. Next verse. From the nations of of whom the Lord said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. And the next word is, what? Surely. You see that? The word surely. When you eat of this fruit of the tree, you shall. Surely. Surely. Doesn't matter how wise you are king. Surely they will turn your hearts after their gods. But what did Solomon do? Solomon clung to these in love. See, this is not love. This is lust unsatisfied. Because there's only one person who can satisfy you. Not 700 wives and 300 concubines. And what did, what did, what, what did his wives do? His wives turned away his heart. I mean, do you think it happened in a day? No. You see? And the, pro- the point is we are read, reading the Proverbs that he wrote. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 27. What does it say? Cease to hear from instruction my son and your heart will cherish evil designs. Solomon wrote and the problem is this is the problem. You know when you start preaching and you come to the preaching ministry or teaching and preaching one of the dangers is of preaching ministry is that you think just because that you are preaching or teaching uh, you somehow that uh, you are already believing what you have preached and you are obeying it. No. That's a total deception. That is the reason why Paul says that I beat my body into subjection so that after having preached to others, I myself do not be disqualified. Means he will, what is beating your body into subjection? Meaning telling your body, which is essentially the body of sin, telling that fellow, boss, you are under the control of the spirit and not in the old man Paul in in whom there is nothing good. Understand? 
Look at what it says in Proverbs 14, verse 14. Same Solomon who wrote Proverbs 14, 14. This is what it says. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. You see that? Will be filled. Okay. So 700 wives and 300 concubines, princesses. And, and not even one Israelite is mentioned over there. You see that? Pharaoh, Sidonians, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, all the otherites except Israelite. No Israelite mission. Can you imagine how he, how much he tested himself? How much he tempted God? What did he think? That he, he thought that the rules do not apply to him. That's the problem. Okay. So, professors, that's the reason why the old English will say, you know what? You become a Professor. What is a professor? The person who only professes but does not obey. He does not believe in his own preaching, for example. It's dangerous. No? You can you can see your own life, for example. How much of your... See, for example, let's say you, you have seven days in a week. One day you will be on fire. And the whole day you will be possibly only listening to sermons or teaching and studying. The next day is a new day. And how much of that new day actually you are actually investing into the listening of the listening of instruction and preaching of the word of God? I don't know. You know, you should ask our own own lives and see how much of it because we have to stay hot, not even warm. Red hot for God. Understand? Okay. So because it's so easy to drift, otherwise, so easy, and it happens. One thought, one thought, one thought, one thought, and it slowly by degrees. You don't go up the mountain of descents. You come down the mountain of descents into the abyss of hell. It's very dangerous. And you remember uh, Pilgrim's Progress, right? Right when the fellow reaches the pearly gates of heaven, from there there is a, there is a hole to hell. Why? Because the, the guy who is uh, uh, allowing him to heaven asks him, where is your certificate of assurance of salvation? said, uh, why I didn't bring it? God, down into hell. Down there. I mean, and, and it says right from the door of heaven. Heaven, I saw there was a door to hell right from there. I mean, it's really instructive for us to really take these things to heart. Never take these things lightly. That is the reason why only how many will be saved? Few will find the way to life. Whew. To be warned is very, very important, no? <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 7. That's the reason why most of the times I, I also think, Lord, will I ever make it, Lord? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, in my own sense, it's impossible. It's impossible. Unless I constantly subject myself. Every day, it's a decision every day, by the way. Understand? Deuteronomy chapter 7. Look at what, what God told uh, these riots. When the Lord our God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gargishites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hevites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you, you know what you should do? You should do this. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. Utterly. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them at all. I mean, this, this is talking about spiritual battle, okay? That, that, that's the reason why it says, uh, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and being ready to do what? Punish all your disobedience until your obedience is fulfilled. Okay. That should be our convictions. So that when corrections and 
all those things come. We welcome it with open arms because that is those, those are the things which keep us in what? In the straight and narrow path. Cease to listen to instruction, my dear son, it says. And what will happen? Your heart will cherish evil designs. I like the Septuagint translation. Evil designs. Nor shall you marry, make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son. Nor take their daughter for your son. Why? For they will turn your sons. You know, it's very interesting in the scriptures. Maybe the daughters might turn the hearts of the husbands. But the husbands never turn the daughter, daughter uh, hearts of the daughters, apparently. That is the reason why it says in First uh, Peter chapter 3, through your chaste con- conduct, you may win your husband over. But it never says in the Bible, even in the old or the new covenant, through the chaste or the godly conduct of his uh, of the husband, he has won his wife over. I don't know. It never happened. I don't know. I don't know. It's, scripture says I mean, it's very silent. Okay. Therefore, for men, be very careful. Because I'll tell you something. Delilah's lap is dangerous. We'll come to that later on. What happens? So They will turn your sons away from following me serve other gods, they they stop following God, they will begin to serve other gods. What will happen? Because of that, the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you. How? Suddenly. Where will it take you ultimately? To destruction. You see that? But they shall, but thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars. You shall break down their sacred pillars. There is nothing sacred, by the way. In the secular. Cut down their wooden images, burn their carved images. Remember what, what Moses did when he came down from the mountain? He grounded that, uh, that uh, golden calf to powder and what did he do? He made them drink it. That is how ruthless he was with, with, with sin. I mean, I remember Thomas Chamberlain, Chamberlain, if I'm right. One of the old Puritans those days, no? You know, Jesus says, no, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you that you enter into life maimed or blind, sorry, lame or blind, than your entire body burning in hell. And this particular person, he was a Puritan in those days, and the English people were, I mean, the Catholic church or the church was, the state church was against the other believers, and they were burning them at the stake. And they were saying, if you do not sign this uh, declaration of uh, of uh, saying that you recant Protestantism, you will be burnt at the stake. So, so many people were burnt and this particular person, Thomas, whatever, Shamblin, if I'm right, he said, uh, he was, he succumbed to fear and he signed. And he said, okay, fine, I recant, recant my beliefs in God and uh, justification by faith alone, etc. And then later on, when he was sleeping, he was convicted and he was miserable. He was miserable, miserable. You know what happened to this guy? The next day he went back to the authorities and he said, I recant my, my, my stand that I've, uh, that I've, uh, that I've renounced Protestantism. I love the Lord Jesus Christ and I recant whatever, whatever, uh, signs that, uh, whatever document I've signed. And they said, if you recant, you will be burnt at the stake. And he said, I'm willing to go. And then what did, what they did? They tied him up. And they took him to the pyre, to, to the, to the, to the pyre to burn him. And before he said, please can you stop before you burn me? You know what he did? He took his hand and he put it in the fire and he said, burn wicked and burn which betrayed my Lord. And then he said, okay, now you can burn me. He said, 
<laughs> when you listen to such testimonies, you will go crazy only. Burn, wicked had burn, which betrayed my Lord. See? Those people have convic- had convictions which are powerful. Isn't it? So, he says, burn carved images. Don't make any negotiations with them. The problem is that sin is so, so subtle. Very, very, very subtle. It's, it's, that's the reason why it's called uh, a snake. <laughs> a snake is, you don't even know it has come into your home. So subtle. That is the reason why, you know what, what it said, what was given to the kings, there was a particular commandment which was given to the kings. Deuteronomy chapter 17, no? But he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses for the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way. And what is the first thing Solomon does? He goes to Egypt and what does he do? Buys horses, chariots. Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold. I mean, I think when when uh, when uh, <laughs> when Moses was writing, he had whom in mind? I think he, I believe he had Solomon in mind. Prophetic, my dear brothers and sisters. This is what we call as a prophetic word. We'll come to the prophetic word, the reason why we should take heed to the prophetic word. Lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. And it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, may shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests and the Levites. That means he has to take the one which is with the priests, exact copy of the law, don't cut from it like that one of the kings like Jehoiakim did. Okay? Take that exact copy and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may what? Learn to fear. I mean, I love that song, Amazing Grace, no? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I was found. But was blind, but now I see tis grace that taught my heart to fear. Look at this. Look at the paradox. Tis grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. Can you see that? In other words, if I really want to relieve myself from the fear of man, I should have the fear of God. And who teaches that? It is the grace of God. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. See that? My goodness. Those hymn writers were powerful, huh? Really, really powerful. Well, not all of them, but yeah, many of them. And be careful to observe all, all the words of the law and these statutes that his heart may not be lifted up above his brothers. Look at that. His heart be lifted up. You know, under, underline all these verses, uh, words in your Bible. That he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left. And that his, that he prolong his days in this kingdom and that his children in the, and of the, and, and, uh, that of his children in the midst of Israel. You see that? Everybody? So, there was one king who wrote the biggest psalm everybody knows. Psalm 119. Right? And if you look at the psalm 119, every verse is got to do with the word of God. And when he's signing off the psalm, you know, David is a fantastic guy. Why God calls him the man after his own heart is because of this verse, I believe. This is the last verse of Psalm 119. Okay? Verse 176. Psalm 119, verse 176. Look at this. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant for I have not Forgotten your commands. No, look at this, my dear brothers. 
very important instruction over there. <clears throat> I have strayed. We all stray. Like a lost sheep. Seek your servants. That means, that means you have to seek me. The point is, when you seek me, you will find me. You know why? Because I have not forgot, forgotten your commands. The reason that you can bring me back to the path is because your heart, your commandment is deep down inside of my heart. And that is the reason why even when David strayed, because he had the commandment of God deep down inside of his heart, he could be brought back. Because he never forgot those commands. It was right there before his eyes. Understand? Therefore, it is not in the mind. It has to go from the, it has to percolate from your mind into your into your heart. Because belief, if you believe in your heart, okay, and therefore, lest in any one of you there be a evil heart of unbelief. You see that? Okay. So we don't want to go to the death stage, Baba. I mean, I was listening to that sermon, I was saying, Baba, why should I even give myself a chance to go to death? Nip it at the bud. Let us deal with the first stage itself. First Kings chapter 11. And verse 4, for it was so when Solomon was old, that's a problem, you see. When he was old, that his wives turned his heart away after other gods. And his heart was not loyal. The word for loyal is perfect or complete or at peace uh, to the Lord his God. As was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth. And I told you, you know, Ashtoreth means the, 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 the worship of the female anatomy. The goddess of the Sidonians, Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. What is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. You see that? And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow. This happens. Drifts away. I'll show you another example. What is this? This is the result of what? Of a mind which has become what? Carnal. You see that? A mind which has turned to carnality ultimately. And he becomes a person who is Who's after pleasure and mirth and madness and folly. And he says, I gave myself over to folly all the while my mind was instructing me. What a, what a statement. I gave myself over to wine all the while my mind was instructing me. Possible that was a deception. He thought he could give it over, give up, give up. You know, that's what people say. You know, I can give it up. I can handle it. One drink is okay. One, one this thing is okay. Like, you cannot handle sin. It's impossible. It's impossible. You cannot handle sin. That is the reason why God had to send son who, who could become sin for you. You have to die to sin, not handle sin. <laughs> Understand? Alright. Romans chapter 8. For those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. Isaiah chapter 26. We know this verse is very well, right? In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. What is that city? God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He trusts his mind is stayed on him. That is the reason why we sing that song. I have got my mind made up. I, don't, I will not turn back. Another example. Remember Joash? Okay. 
who wanted to destroy Joash? Second, Second Chronicles chapter 22. Now when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. Now let me tell you, this is a very significant verse, okay? Why did she, what, what would have happened if she would have destroyed all the royal heirs of the house of Judah? What would have happened? Christ would not come. That's the point. So what is, what is the spirit of Athaliah? What is the, what is the spirit of Athaliah after? It wants to kill and destroy the Christ in us. So what happens? Jehoshabeth, uh, no? She stole this person away, Joash, and hid him. For how many years? For seven years. Remember that? Seven years. Then something significant happens. Athaliah, do you know the story? Athaliah is destroyed, she is killed, etc. And Joash comes to the throne. And how old is he? Joash, now it happened. This was seven years old, okay, when he became the king, okay? Now it happened after this that Joash set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather all the all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that you do it how? Quickly. And verse 14. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of who? Jehoiada. Who is Jehoiada? Jehoiada is a priest who was instructing Joash. You know what the word Jehoiada means? Jehoiada means Jehovah or Yahweh. Yada means whom the Lord knows. That means a person who is in covenant relationship with God. Okay? So as long as you are in covenant relationship with God, you are being instructed by God. So what happens when Jehoiada dies? Now after the death of Jehoiada, this is significant again. The leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king. And the king listened to them. Gone. Therefore, they left the house of the Lord God, of their fathers. How, how fast did that happen? Instantaneous. Remember, they say, they say no, there's, al- there's always a slip between the cup and the lip. They left the house of the Lord of their fathers and served wooden images and idols. And the wrath came upon Judah. Yet he sent prophets, verse 19, to bring them back to the Lord. And they testified against them. But they would not listen. Then the Spirit of the Lord came to came upon Zechariah, the son of Joiada, the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says the Lord, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord? So that you cannot prosper. Because you have forsaken the Lord, he will also forsake you. And what did they do? Oh, did they fall flat on their faces and repent? No. So they conspired against him. At the command of the king, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him, but killed his son. As he died, he said, the Lord look on it and may he repay. You know, we, we all have this in our hearts. When somebody just corrects us, <laughs> what, do we, what do we want to do? We want to stone him with stones. Don't tell me you're all kosher. How dare you tell that to me? How much? How many of us embrace it? See, we all try to avoid correction, right? Carefully. We'll come to that later on. Hmm? <laughs> Carefully avoid. <laughs> but reproofs of instruction are a way of life. Thank you. 
So it happened in the spring of the year that army of Syria came up against them and they came to Judah and Jerusalem and destroyed all the leaders of the people from among the people and sent all their spoil to the king of Damascus. And then what happened? So they executed Joash, verse 24. They conspired. His own people conspired against him and they executed Joash. So, you see, we have to care, take careful attention to the things that we have heard lest we drift. Otherwise, we'll become like Samson in the laps of Delilah. It's very interesting, the play of words, no? Judges chapter 16, verse 6. Delilah said to Samson, you know what the word for Delilah means? It comes from, it comes from the Greek word, or Hebrew word, which means Dalal. Dalal kamatla mat Dalal, to empty. There's a street in uh, Bombay, it's where the stock market is there. The name of the street is Dalal Street. That means what do, what do they do? They empty you. Khali pocket. That's what it means. Dalila means to empty. To empty you of whatever deposit of God is there in your life. And her agenda is very clear. What is the agenda of Dalila? Samson, tell me. I pray thee. So nice, beautiful words. Wherein thy great strength lieth. And wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. I want to bind you. I want to afflict you. Tell me how I can empty your strength. Because my name is Delilah. It's very clear agenda. And this fellow, of course, he is already gone. Okay. Verse 16 to 18. And it came to pass that she pressed him daily with her words. And urged him with his soul. So that his soul was vexed unto death. Pressed him, urged him, and vexed him. You'll empty. You know, remember what happened to Lot? His righteous soul was vexed, it says. When he saw the wicked conversation of the people in Lot, in, in, in Sodom. He was vexed. What is happening? The strength is going and he is not even realizing it that he, the, the last thread for Lot is the intercession of his uncle. It is not even happening because of his own righteousness. It is because of the intercession of another righteous man. That he told her all that is in his heart. There hath not come a razor upon mine head for I have been a Nazarite unto God from where? From my mother's womb. That means he had a very clear understanding of what the purpose of his life was. But what did he do? He neglected it. And he drifted one step after another. One step after another. Slowly, slowly, slowly. He had moments of brilliance. Just because God was accomplishing his purposes in life. Yesterday, pastor was telling me, you know, telling the, uh, the, uh, the, the preachers, I mean the pastors. He was saying in the pastor's conference, you know what he was saying? If I give you, you let, let me say, I'm a very rich man and uh, one of you is a wicked person. I give you one lakh rupees as a gift. Does the gift make you righteous? No! Samson is incredibly gifted. The gift will not make anybody righteous. What a statement that is. The gift will not make any man righteous. Just because a gift is operating. You see, I, I've seen this in many, many young people especially, you know. They have a gift. 
But they are rebels. What are they? Rebels who got saved. Okay, no problem. But just because you are a rebel and you got saved, you are born again, you are baptized, does the rebellion automatically go? No. You have to put to death the rebellion inside of you. Every day of your life. Because that doesn't automatically go. So that is the reason why God keeps this church set up where, you know, he gives us all. I'll show you how to be anchored. We'll show you the steps as to how to be anchored. We've seen this so so many times, but we should see it in this context to understand why it is so important for us. There's no plan B, but to be anchored in God. Because we need to get all of scripture. Yes, we have been justified by faith. It's not a works. But we have to stay and abide in God. Otherwise, we'll be constantly going in and out like we heard in so many different contexts. Isn't it? And he, now he, what does he do? Now, this time he doesn't, he, previously he lied to her. But now, she knows exactly that this fellow has been lulled completely into, into silence, into submission by the lusts of his body and of his flesh. And he tells her all that is in his heart. And he exactly tells him, tells her, you know what? From my mother's womb, I've been set apart for God. So you knew, you knew that you've been set apart for God from your mother's womb. You knew it precisely. What happens? If I be shaven, what will happen? Then my strength will go from me. And I shall become weak. And I shall become like what? Another man. You see, you need to understand, Goliath was the ultimate man. Right? The ultimate man. David was a small man. But when David came to Goliath, how did he come to Goliath? Did he he come to Goliath in his strength or what did he do first? He he did something very interesting spiritually. Goliath did something very spiritual. What did he do? He cursed him by his gods. That means he also understood that the war is not of the flesh, it is in the spirit. See, enemy knows. See, for a big man to die, a small virus is enough. You don't need a nuclear bomb to kill you. A dengue mosquito bite is enough. Corona is enough. See, so just because you are pumping iron and you are so big and huge and powerful doesn't mean that you are not vulnerable. You are actually, you know what? That's the reason why your man is like a like grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourishes and the wind passeth over it and it is what? Gone. And the place, the place thereof remembers you no more. It's forgotten you. See that? So these are <laughs> what you call humbling realities and truths. So the best of men, that is the reason why in James chapter 5 he says, what is your life? The question is what? What is your life? Question mark. What is your life? See. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his, that means he has completely emptied Dalal Kardiyasko. That's exactly what Dalala means. Emptied him of all his strength now. His strength lied in his consecration and that is gone. And you know the story. The Philistines be upon you, Samson. 
and he awoke out of his sleep and said i will go out as the, as at the other times before and shake myself and he wist not that the lord was departed from him was 20 a sad reality no what is it he knew that he had an understanding that he was separated from where from his mother's womb and another person who was separated from his mother's womb who had an understanding of that is john the baptist remember luke's gospel chapter 1 so the child grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to israel what was he doing he was dealing with every aspect wilderness means what you'll be tested in the wilderness wilderness of what what did god say i will have read have led you into the wilderness to humble you to prove you to see what is in your heart i fed you with manna so that you will know what man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god he says it's a good thing to to go through periods of fasting and and humbling yourself so that you will be in a position to take correction otherwise you will not be able to be corrected remember because if you indulge in yourself that's what wilderness means okay and that is the reason why the word of god skirted all these fellows in luke's gospel chapter 3 and where where did it reach it reached the word of god reached john the baptist in verse 2 luke's gospel chapter 3 verse 2 came to john the son of zachariah in the wilderness so what happens if you don't take heed to correction instruction what happens constantly you will lose your strength and who's what is delilah after he is she or whatever that spirit is is after your strength and not what's what, the strength is not physical it is not by might it is not by power it is by my spirit says the lord and even the enemy knows it he cursed david by his gods the battle they know it is spiritual so why do they pump your themselves with such uh, with such money and everything to intimidate you because intimidate intimidation is itself a spiritual battle intimidation is spiritual right that is the reason why we sang the song today in the morning god has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind remember proverbs chapter 5 therefore hear me my now my children and do not depart from the words of my mouth <laughs> why what did i say that if you stop listening to instruction what will happen you will your heart will cherish evil designs remove your way far from her. don't even go near her remove your way far from her lest you give your honor the word for honor is strength to others and your ears that's that's the young people no what they, what do they do they waste years of their lives how many years it Jacob leave uh, lose 20 years of his life for one beautiful girl and your ears to the cruel one lest aliens be filled with your wealth that's exactly what is happening i believe in north america these days this is what what is happening now in afghanistan i mean have you seen the pictures from afghanistan people are running after those flights have you seen they've been clinging to those flights and they're flying and they're dropping down dead from there i mean it's unbelievable how the, the world has changed overnight it's crazy aliens are being filled with your wealth your labors go to the house of a foreigner and what will happen to you and you will mourn a 
at last when your flesh and your body are consumed and you say, how I hated instruction. You see, stop listening to instruction and what will happen? Your heart will cherish evil schemes. How I hated instruction. My heart despised correction. I did not obey the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ears to those who instructed me. And because of that, I was in the verge of what? Total destruction. Ruin. Remember? In the midst of the congregation and the assembly. Why? Keep your strength. If you are a young man, use your strength to gain wisdom. What did I say? Use your strength to gain wisdom. All the energies that you have, because it says in Second uh, Timothy chapter three verse fifteen, from your youth you have known the scriptures which are able to make you what wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. For all scripture is God breathed. Proverbs chapter twenty verse twenty nine: the glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of the old men is their grey head. And what is grey head symbol of wisdom? So what should you what should you do when you are young? Use your strength to build your wisdom. Why? 25, 24, 4, 4, 4, 4, 5. A wise man is strong. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. I think uh, the Septuagint puts it beautifully. It says a wise man is better than a strong man. <laughs> and a man who has prudence than a larger state. That's exactly what Ahithophel is. He's the wise man. I mean, he's an evil, wise, wicked man. And who's this strong fellow over there? Absalom. You see that? So, in order to not to drift, what should we do therefore? Drop the anchor. Where should we drop the anchor? It says in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 itself gives us a solution to the problem of not drifting. Not drifting. Very important. This hope we have as an anchor. Remember Pastor James preached during our lockdown. Four anchors that Paul dropped. Gurdunda, go back and listen to it, okay? <laughs> go back and listen. He preached from Acts chapter 27 when Paul is going towards, uh, uh, to, to Rome, okay, to appear before Caesar. Four anchors that Paul dropped. Remember, don't forget, don't forget. I told you, no, if you see his instruction, you will forget all that you learned already. Don't forget. Keep those in your mind. So that, you know what happens? You will be in a position to receive instruction, to receive correction. And what will happen? Your convictions will grow deeper and deeper and deeper. And you will become stronger and stronger in the Lord. And you will become unmovable. You will be able to handle deception. You will be able to handle offense. You will not trust in your own self. You will trust in the Lord. Amen. So how do you have? This hope, we have an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. What is God good is uh, is an anchor if it is not sure and steadfast. If it can be easily uprooted by the wind. Where do you have a sure and steadfast anchor? Look at this. Which enters the presence behind the veil. And what is the, what is there behind the veil? It is the most holy place. That is where we have to enter spiritually. Where the forerunner has entered even Jesus, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now what, I'll tell you what that means. That means, in the, 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 the only way you can be steadfast is only by, uh, by reaching the most holy place. And how do we go there and anchor ourselves there? We'll look at 
the process of anchoring ourselves. And that is found, of course, uh, in Romans chapter 12 onwards. But let us see how the tabernacle is. The tabernacle has got what? It's got an outer court first. In the outer court are, are two instruments. First instrument is what? Is a brazen altar. Okay? After the brazen altar is a bronze laver. And after the brazen altar, the bronze laver, you have the first veil. And then you enter into the holy place. And after, in the holy place, you have three instruments again. You have the table of shoebread, you have the, 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 the seven lampstand, and the altar of incense. Of course, in the new covenant, it goes inside. Okay, fine. That is right at the most holy place. And then you enter into the most holy place. And in the most holy place, you have the ark of the covenant, cherubim on top of that. In the ark of the covenant, you have the pots of manna, a pot of manna, Aaron's rod which budded, and the tablets of stone which symbolizes the life of Christ. What does God do? The Lord will speak to you from where? From behind the veil in the altar where you hear the voice of the Lord. Okay, that is what revelation, true genuine revelation is. But in order for you to reach there, several things have to happen. First, what what should you do? You have to pass what we call the outer courts. Take me past the outer courts. But how, how how does that happen? You have to encounter what we call as a brazen altar where you have to offer the sacrifice you know that means you're not you're not trusting in your own righteousness anymore you're telling symbolically that you trust in the righteousness of christ alone and then you also offer yourselves as what now living sacrifice romans chapter 12 verse 1 look at this this is very important i beseech you therefore brothers by the mercies of god that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable service now what did the levites do with the sacrifice this is important burnt offerings they just chopped that fellow nicely that is the symbol of christ okay and completely offered him and then there's something called as a peace offering. At the altar, you make what? Peace with God. Right? In the peace offering, something very, very interesting is mentioned. No, I, I learned all this from different men of God. Okay. So let us let us show, let us see what they offered uh, uh, on as, as a peace offering. In Leviticus chapter 3, this is what is said about the peace offering. When his offering is a sacrifice of a peace offering, if he offers it of the herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand on the head of the offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Okay. And Aaron's sons and priests shall sprinkle the blood all around the altar. And then what do, what do they do? Then he shall offer from the sacrifice of the peace offering an offering made by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the entrails, all the fat is that, that which is on the entrails, the two kidneys, the fat on the flanks, the fatty lobe attached to the liver about the kidneys, he shall remove. What is fat? What is fat? In us, what is fat? What is fat in us? He's very fatty means he's proud fat lamb. Is a fat. Jeshurun grew fat and he kicked. There are two kinds of fat. There is external fat and internal fat. Internal fat is your internal pride. What you take your pride in. 
that fat has to be removed. External fat is your attitude. Some people externally they are very lean, but internally very fat. That is what we call as Ativinayam Durta Lakshana. Very, 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 yes, pastor, no, pastor, yes, pastor, you are great, pastor, I will obey you, pastor, Lord, Lord, Lord. But they will not do what is asked of them. But, every meeting, everywhere they are there, they are Dina, Dina, Dina. I mean, Dina means very, 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 they appear to be very submissive and that is uh, externally humble, internally fat. So what should you do? Take the fat even in the kidneys, it says. You know what a kidney is? It's the gut deep down inside. Gut. The pride in the gut. Out of your, that guts, that's that's what it says. Out of your guts shall flow rivers of living water. Kaleja, that is where the fat is, that is where the pride is, that fellow has to come out. That is living sacrifice. <laughs> okay. some, some people, yeah, the Pharisee went to the temple. No. What was he offering to God? A proud sacrifice. I am not like this. I'm, I thank you, Lord. Yes. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Okay. That I am not like other men. I take care of all my external fat by fasting. But internal fat? Oh, full of internal fat. I fast twice a day. I give tithes. I do this. I do that. But deep down inside of my heart, there's too much of fat in my kidneys. (laughs) What should that guy do? The priest has to take those external fat out, Macha. Internal fat. See, that is the reason why you come to the priest. The offering has to be given to the who? The priest. What does the priest do? He will not be quiet. If he is a genuine priest, he will take the sword and chuck, 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 chuck. He will cut you and then he will get out all the internal fat. The problem is not with external fat. External fat will can be dealt with with fasting. The problem is a lot of people, they fast and they become proud. (laughs) The whole purpose of fasting is to what? Humble yourself. Now look at me. I fast and I have become proud. What is the whole purpose of fasting is gone? That's what it says, no, in Colossians. They fast, they mortify the flesh, it, so to speak. But it is in vain. Why do they mortify the flesh in vain? It is for getting recognition from others. That is the reason why he says, when you fast, <laughs> let nobody know. Close the door. Fast in secret, pray in secret, give in secret. Because that internal fellow, that fellow has to be handled. Internal fat is dangerous fat. Which is attached to the liver. It is attached. I have you gone to the butcher shop. The fat is there. What does he do? He'll cut it nicely separate. That has to be given to the Lord. How should it be given to the Lord? You have to burn the fat. See, that is the reason why one man of God said, when you look at the priest, you're looking at a butcher. Because his garments are dipped in blood. It's a bloody thing. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) To be a Christian. 
he shall remove the internal fat and then and Aaron shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice which is on the wood that it is on the fire an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma now it is a sweet aroma to the lord why no why why because the fat is burning all that internal fat which is there on your kidneys and everything all the internal pride otherwise it is not acceptable you will be only dignified and not justified the Pharisee went home dignified and proud with all the fat inside and with all the fasting outside. <laughs> See, Look at what. Why? Because pride is where? Where is the pride? Pride is somewhere. Where is, you know where the pride is? Look at it. says what it, what it says in Obadiah. The vision of Obadiah. Okay. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom or Edo. We have heard a report from the Lord and a messenger has been sent among the nations saying, Arise and let us rise up against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be greatly despised. Why? The pride of your heart has deceived you. You see that? What is your pride? Your own righteousness. is your full pride. Your own education. <laughs> your qualification is your pride. Your good children are your pride. My children are not like other children. <laughs> They'll disappoint you sooner than later. Later. Your job, your accomplishments in the world. You know what God says? Take that and put it on the altar and let it burn. That is what what the altar symbolizes. You want to layer the anchor? Many people give up here only. Notice, 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 notice. The altar is where? Is it in the outer courts or in the holy place? It's still in the outer courts. It's still in the outer courts, my dear brothers. Take me past the outer courts is only a song. Because many Christians stop here. Because that internal fat is so much there. So much of internal fat is there. Your own righteousness. My goodness. That is the reason why. Remember that song, no? We sing that song, no? Uh, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here by thy help I have come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace how great a debtor. Daily what? I am constrained to be. Let Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Take and seal it. Because this heart is wicked, full of fat and kovu. You need a, what an open heart surgery. Take take away all that blocks and of the cholesterol in your veins, in your arteries. Dear brothers and sisters, we need to be very careful because it's there inside each one of us. And we ask God, Lord, because you know what, I'll tell you something, no? Uh, that is the reason why it says young preachers, no? The new preachers, they should be very, very careful. Let they be, lest they be puffed up with pride and fall in the condemnation of the devil, it says. Dangerous. Okay. Goodness, even for Apostle Paul himself, it says that he was the steward of the mysteries of God. Can, can you imagine? 
Holy Spirit is called the steward of the resources of God. And what is Apostle Paul called? Steward of the mysteries of God. That means if you want a revelation, this, this guy has got the key. He has to unlock it. Otherwise, the church will not have the revelation. <laughs> and what does it say? Because of the abundance of revelations that you have, that you have received, I should put one messenger of Satan. Otherwise, gone. Because internal pride is a dangerous fellow. And that sacrifice will not be a living sacrifice anymore because the fat has not been burnt and that sacrifice cannot be a sweet smelling aroma in the sight of God. The altar. And you know what? Most believers topple there itself. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 33 if you don't mind. Hmm? Are you there? If you can find this, it will be great. I forgot to put it. I'm just being reminded of that verse. Ezekiel chapter 33. Excuse me, sir. 16, huh? It talks about uh, the fat sheep. The sheep, sheep, sheep. Uh, forget it. It's okay. If, it's, if I can't find it, it's okay. 30. 30 34? Ah, 34, 12. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you so much, bro. I pre- appreciate your kindness. Yes, that's that's where it is. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among the sheep that have been scattered. Uh, no, 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 no. He will make difference between... Sh- ah, yeah, yeah. Verse 17 actually. 34, 17. Hmm? I don't know. I, I forget the verse where it says... I will judge between sheep and sheep. Yeah, yeah it's there in uh, 17 itself. Huh? I will judge between sheep and sheep between rams and male male goats. Actually, in Telugu, it's actually very powerful. Uh, I will destroy, yeah, yeah, what does it say? Which Verse 16, yeah, read it for me, Peter, please. I will seek that which was lost, yeah, verse 16, thank you. Verse 16, I will seek that which is lost, I will bring back the strayed, I will bind up the injured, I will strengthen the weak and the fat, and the strong I will destroy, and I will feed them in justice. That is what a shepherd has to do. Five kinds of sheep will be there in his congregation. What are the, I'll, I'll tell you. Which category we, 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 I follow, I follow, I'll, 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 I'll tell you, no, okay. Uh, okay, let me put myself, no, why should I put words in your mouth, no? <laughs> okay, let us, let us read that, 3416, thank you so much, Peter. Uh, I, 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 I should have put this verse. I will seek the lost, definitely I'm not lost, I know very well, okay. I will bring back the straight, not, not that much, I, may, I might have straight here and there, but not that much straight. I will strengthen the weak, not very weak. I mean, maybe I I don't acknowledge my, I'm, I'm weak, even though I'm weak. Hmm? I will bind up the injured, I'm not definitely injured. Hmm? I will strengthen the weak, but definitely, which category I fall is the fat fellow, there. What has to, what he, what he should be fed with? Telugu I don't know, sir. Ah. You know what it means? I will give him the the food of discipline and I will humble him. In Telugu. It's really powerful. My fat. <laughs> See, the problem is, when am I going to go to the anchor baba? I have to deal with fat here. I mean, of course, this is an everyday process. Because your fat will be increasingly shown. That is the reason why sometimes video is good. It will show how round you are. And then you will see. 
my goodness in the mirror the mirror mirror on the wall who's the leanest of them all and that is vijay takota what a mirror and then the camera comes with all its lenses and mirrors and shows every ounce of extra fat see so when we go is the next step after we have the uh, the altar we go to the bronze lever what is what do we do in the bronze lever we cleanse our hands and our feet how is it how is the bronze lever made it is made from the mirrors of the sisters who came to the tabernacle of meeting sisters please show me your bags moses said take all your mirrors huge bunch of mirrors he collected from the purses of the ladies nice metal bronze mirrors melted them nicely i will tell you where you should use the mirror now for the lever you know why because the word of god is a mirror 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 on the wall who is the fairest of them all only jesus he is the fairest of 10000 and in the light of jesus you got full black blackness all over wash yourself you want to go to the presence and anchor ourselves first of all get rid of your fat <laughs> 3416 okay 3416 this time i'm not going to forget it okay 3416 3416 as a kill five kinds of sheep will come to the congregation which category are you in oh we like to be i'm broken no 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 you're not broken baba that stage has already passed 13 years in the church what broken you're fat now <laughs> you've been feeding on the green pastures and still waters you're only meant for the butcher now <laughs> see the fat has to be taken care of my dear brothers and sisters fat at the altar has to be judged where fat which fat internal fat i got it from a man of god i was stunned i said boy so much of internal fat is there is it gone internet is gone is it back we can switch, switch to excel no yeah it's back i think uh, dr richard internet is internet is gone sir Uh, when when did you lose me then just now okay fine you didn't lose me the fat part okay fine <laughs> all right everybody let's go to the next one <laughs> let's go to the lever <laughs> lever is the dangerous part what is lever look at what it says in romans chapter 12 verse 2 do not be conformed to this world we know this verse very well be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove which is good acceptable and the perfect will see acceptable is other other translations is the word pleasing good good will of god the pleasing will of god and the perfect will of god the good will of god is essentially got to do with your personal life essentially which is uh, a tree which bears what fruit good fruit okay and it is your father's will that you should bear good fruit and your fruit should endure and if you if you uh, bear more fruit what does god do he will 
prune you so that you bear more fruit. Okay, so that is the first part. Second part is the pleasing part where you make decisions by faith. Oh, no, all this is by faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, where you are making decisions by faith and you are doing the work of God in your life. Though you have found the will of God, that means the, the pleasing will of God means what has God ordained for you. And through that process, you discover what we call as a perfect. Different stages. But in order for us to prove that which is good, perfect and pleasing, sorry, the good, uh, pleasing and the perfect will of God, what has to happen? Your mind has to be renewed. And how is the mind renewed? Mind has to be renewed by cleansing what we call, what we call it of its attitude. Okay, the attitude, you will be renewed in the attitude of your mind or the spirit of your mind. Yesterday, pastor was talking about, uh, Jesus was like a, like a, like a lamp which is being controlled by a dove. And he said, we are all donkeys controlled by the monkey. I, I thought it was a fantastic uh, illustration. Because the scripture itself says, be transformed in the attitude of your mind. You know what in Telugu it is? You know what it means? To cleanse yourself of the monkey in your mind. And he said, yeah, that's what the Telugu translation says. Get rid of that fellow, that monkey. Monkey of your, not of your back, out of your mind. Koti. You are a gadda being controlled by a koti. You are a monkey which is being controlled by a monkey. Nice. Rhyming words. Donkey controlled by monkey. That should be a nice title for a sermon. <laughs> so that fellow has to be has to be dealt with. You should be renewed in the attitude of your mind. Now you know, in order to be renewed in the attitude of your mind, what we call as cleansing has to happen. So how does Jesus do John's Gospel chapter 13? This is what he says. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Why should you wash your feet? Because feet symbolizes that which that part of your body which touches the world. The, that part of your body which grabs and accepts the value systems and the thoughts and the ideologies of this world. What should you do? What should Jesus do? Cleanse. Cleanse. Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing to you, you will not understand now, Peter. <laughs> but you will know after this for sure. Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I do not wash your feet, huh, you have you are not abiding in me. That is the reason why it says in John's Gospel chapter 15, You are clean because of the word. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. You have no part in me, Peter. If I don't wash your feet. Understand that? And then it goes on to say, Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he who would betray me, betray him therefore, for he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, you are not all clean. So what, what, what do we do? We cleanse ourselves of all the attitudes. That is the reason why the liver is called a fuller soap and a refiner's fire. What does a soap do? It attacks the dirt. You take your clothes to the dry cleaner. If your collar has got some stain which cannot be removed, you know what it does? He will remove it regardless. And punish it. And what will happen? The, the, the 
collar would have been gone. It will come with a tear. And I said, what did you do to my collar? Sir, it was not coming out. And What did you do to my collar? It is not coming out. I mean, this is what we call as fuller soap. He will remove it, period. Bash on, regardless. You see, this is, and the fact of the matter is, both the altar and the brazen labor is where? It's still in the outer courts. I mean, I mean, that's crazy, man. You still even, not even entered into the holy place. Forget about, forget about the most holy place. So the problem with morning, many believers, they are, I mean, they have sanctified, I mean, they have surrendered themselves at the altar. They wash themselves of the labor, but they have never into the, entered into the holy place. They're still in the outer courts, and they think they're, they're spiritual and that they have an anchor. They don't have an anchor. Anchor is still a few more stages in your journey. Why is that important? Exodus chapter thirty will tell this very important truth. Verse 17 onwards. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, You shall also make a labor of bronze with its with its base also of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. Do you see that? It's there between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar. Okay? And you shall put water in it. For Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. No other water will, will suffice. It is from that brazen water only. That is the water of the word of God only. Oh, we have uh, waters in Egypt. Waters in... Uh, sorry, those waters will not cleanse. Even distilled water also will not cleanse you. <clears throat> water from it. Then what happens? Then when they go into the tabernacle of meeting and when they come near the altar to minister to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they... Die! My goodness! <coughs> so they shall wash their hands and their feet. Hands signifies the work and feet signifies the ideas that you have, that you have uh, taken from the world. That has to be cleansed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And look at this. Next part is interesting. Verse 21. And it shall be a statute. How long? Forever. <laughs> forever. Not for one day. But today I am washed. Tomorrow. Every day. God will show you the dirt. Deeper dirt. I mean, can you imagine how patient God is? He endures all the dirt. And it shall be a statute forever to them. To him and to his descendants throughout all generations. So first is your altar. Second is your bronze lever. Third is what? The first veil. And after the first veil comes the place called the table of shoebread. Now how is a shoebread uh, uh, prepared? You take grain and what do you do? You crush the grain. The grain can come from many fields. One of a tribe, two from a nation, two from Nigeria and several from India. And what does it, what does it do? Nice. Crush it. Now this is happening where? 
the holy place. And that is also not enough. Put oil and put water and knead it nicely. And then bail on it nicely. And then burn it on both sides. And place it in order. Then it is acceptable. That is what God does with all of us. What does he do? First Corinthians chapter 10. The couple blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For though we though many are what? One bread and one body for we all partake uh, all partake of that one bread. You know what God does? From all of us, he crushes us and puts us in the church. And he, what is he doing now? He's in the process of making what? Making us all into one bread. That is the third stage for your getting into the anchor. And you know what? Once you need the grain, once you crush the grain and put the grain into the, make the flour, do you know which part is which grain? No, it's all a homogeneous, one homogeneous mix. That's what I told you, you know, when I was sleeping, when I, when the blood circulation stopped in that, in that, uh, in that hand, who knew? The head knew. And I was like, my goodness, I was shocked. From that time onwards, God taught me a lesson in the middle of the night. A spiritual lesson. You know what? If you stray away from the body, you will not know that you are dead. Only the head knows. Does the prodigal son know that he is dead? The father knows that he is dead. You have lost all senses now. You will not know that you are dead. I am telling you my dear brothers and sisters, so many believers are still in the outer courts. They have still not been made part of the body. See, see, I listen to every preacher, but I listen to my pastor <laughs> because I am a part of the body. My sheep here, my voice. That is important. Otherwise, we'll just be fooling ourselves, my brothers. For we though many are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one body. Otherwise we will never be able to love each other. We will never be, we will never know the depths of the love of God for us. Unless and until we encounter Christ in another brother. When we need forgiveness from another brother. When we have grievously sinned against him. And when he chooses to forgive us. Then we will understand what? That not when we forgive the other brother. When we need the forgiveness of another brother. You understand? See, when do we beg for forgiveness? When you know that you have, that you need forgiveness. <laughs> and then you knew that, know that you have grievously sinned against that brother. For we though many are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. So that is the first thing. So we have to be crushed and become one with the body of Christ so that we will understand the length and the breadth and the height and the width of the love of God along with the brothers. Along with one another. So that's the reason why 
forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. You want to know how much God forgave you? Forgive the other brother. And where does it happen? Not in the outer courts. Not in the holy place. I mean, so not in the labor. But you have to cross the veil and you have to become a part of the body of Christ so that you learn to extend and receive forgiveness from one another. Then we become one homogeneous mix. Amen? Say that. Say amen to that. Otherwise, you know what? You will never become one with the body and you'll, you'll, you're actually dead and you don't even realize it. Zechariah chapter 4. Next step. You need what? The lamp. And what the lampstand is burning. That is what we call, that signifies the illuminated mind. But in order for the lamp to burn, what is being poured into it? The oil of anointing. And what is the anointing? What is the anointing? Is a question. Zechariah chapter 4. Not by might, not by power, etc. But by my spirit, says the Lord. But how do you receive the spirit? Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and on the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out the golden oil? Not ordinary oil, Baba. It is pure golden oil. He replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. Now, let me tell you who these people are. You know this. You know where this this is mentioned? Revelation chapter 11. Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 11. They are the two olive trees and the two lampstands. And they stand before the Lord of all the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes (laughs) from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. But then it says, after they die, something happens, right? Uh, their bodies are scattered and every inhabitant of the earth knows. And this is what is mentioned about the, about what these prophets did to them when they were alive. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts because these two prophets, these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. You know what the prophets do? They torment you. They torment the flesh inside of you because you are living on the earth. They will say, you know what? Put your eyes there, your mind there because you've been seated with Christ. Don't put your mind on earthly things. Put your mind on heavenly things. It's a prophetic word. How do you receive the oil? It is by receiving the prophetic word into your life. How? How, 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 how? How? To receive the prophetic word into your life. What is prophetic word? Something which torments you. That is prophetic. Nadi correction. See, I'm telling you, you know, correction is traumatic. You know that? It's not easy. You think it is easy to embrace correction? You ask anybody who wants to go to a surgery. He Does he embrace surgery? You know how much of counseling the doctor has to do? Sir, uh, this is good for you, sir. No, it's a very simple operation, sir. Put, putting endoscopy is so much of gyan they have to give them. Nothing will happen, beta. My my, my daughter can, uh, swallowed that coin, remember? Nothing will happen, beta. It will just go inside and come out simple. And we will give you a chocolate. So much of pampering to put the scalpel on your body. Otherwise, you will not accept it. So what do we do? 
we give you anesthesia and the surgery that is what we call as killing you with kindness no <laughs> we we kill you with kindness meaning we will just do the operation with kindness it is a kindness of god it's a it is the anointed word faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god it's a prophetic word which gives you anointing why does there no why is there no anointing in the church because there's no prophetic word and where there's no prophetic word people what lose all restraint it says 2918 proverbs there's no restraint in the church because there's no prophetic revelation and when there's no prophetic revelation there's no anointing and there's no anointing <laughs> forget about the anchor manisalayo you see the prophetic word you know all this is happening where no 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 i'll tell you it's in the, it's happening in the holy place and where is it there's a there's a what on top there's a covering on top there's a covering 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 there are four kinds of covering we will not go into the details of the covering because that's a totally different study altogether Now think about it. Is there a covering in the holy place? Oh, sorry, in the outer courts. At the at the altar, is there a covering? No. Is there a covering in the at the, at the labor? No. So many believers do they have do do they have a covering? No. Sad to say, K N O W Gadu N O. They don't have a covering. Otherwise, if you don't have a covering, what will happen? The wind will come and blow the lamp huh, lamp out, na? Right? the wind of this world all the ideas that you of this world will come and blow the lamp you have to have a covering and protect be protected under that in the tent of meeting and that's still the holy place first timothy chapter 2 next you have what the third instru- fourth instrument right 1 2 3 4 5th instrument the fifth instrument is the the altar of incense right i urge you actually it's a sixth instrument the fourth instrument So the fifth instrument is a covering. Okay, seven. Always there is seven. Okay, there is seven in God, and we never forget the seven. I urge you that then first of all petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. What does altar signify? Your prayer life. See, if you don't offer yourself at the altar, surrender yourself at the altar, and get rid of all the internal and external fat, and cleanse yourself at the labor from all the ideas and the value systems of the world. and crush yourself allowed you to be crushed and become one with the body of christ and not allow the prophetic word to come into you your prayers are meaningless are meaningless <laughs> you understand you have to pray first god that accept god accept you and give you that heart psalm 141 look at what it says lord i cry out to you make haste to to me give ear to my voice when i cry out to you let my prayer be set before you as incense the lifting of of my hands as evening sacrifice set a guard o lord over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies now look at this you have the prayer and the incense that has to be backed up by what we call as anointing that is the next verse let the right just strike me and it shall be kindness and let him rebuke it shall be as excellent oil let not my head refuse it and then my prayers will be accepted 
and then you enter where? The holy place. Otherwise, you know what happens? Proverbs 28, 9. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. And Abhi says, if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are what? Detestable. 29. Finally, after all this, where do you enter? You enter, you enter the holy place from where what? Who speaks now? God speaks. Numbers chapter 12. Then he said, hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you. I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision or a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face. That is when we encounter God. And now what has happened now? We have put our anchor in the presence of God. Now we will never be moved. Because we have gotten rid of our pride every day of our lives. We have cleansed ourselves from the value systems of the world every day of our life. Every day of our life, we choose to extend and receive forgiveness from one another so that we may be made, made part of the body. And fourth, we receive the prophetic word, the, the, the word of correction so that we can receive the anointing. That, that's the reason why we have the righteous, let the righteous strike me. And we are always under the what? Under the covering. And then we offer our prayers, which is a sweet smelling offering before the Lord. And then we enter into the holy place where, where, where we have the what? The anchor, which is gone behind the veil. And now, after this anchor has gone behind the veil, can anybody move us? No. 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 That is how you get anchored. Amen. <laughs> Otherwise, what will happen? Let's read that one verse today for the day in all the three translations which actually inspired today's teaching. Why should I be instructed? Cease listening to instruction. Proverbs 19 verse 27. My son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. My child, when you stop learning, you will soon neglect and forget what you already know. A son who ceases to attend to the instruction of a father will cherish evil designs. Therefore, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave, Lord, I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts of all. I like that verse, no? It says, Disgrace that taught my heart to fear. Disgrace my fears relieved. Disgrace that's brought me safe thus far. And disgrace will finally lead me home. Amen. Amen. And you know how you know that you have grace? When God instructs you. And you can be instructed and not offended. That is how you get Anchored, my dear brothers. Otherwise, you will stray. Stay anchored and never stray. Stay anchored and never stray. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this day. Enable us to stay anchored and never stray. Your word says, my sheep hear my voice. Enable us to continually hear your voice all the days of our life. So many of us, beginning with me, have internal fat, fatness, full of pride. We are like that fat sheep in the book of Ezekiel. I pray, Lord Jesus, enable us, Lord Father, to humble ourselves. You said, 
Humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord and He will lift you up. Come under the covering. And let my word take away all the fat with the spirit of discipline and burn it on the altar so that it can be a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. Grant us grace to that and we pray. Let our lives be anchored in you. Behind the veil. We thank you, we praise you. We give you glory. But in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen.